Live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island, it's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Five o'clock hour, John Von Tobel, Cofield, James hanging out down here at TI Vegas, Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. DeMond is back in our Finley Toyota studios. Lots of football picks this hour. A little more UNLV Colorado State preview as that game goes down at Allegiant Stadium tomorrow, 4 o'clock. John is on the broadcast on the radio side. I'm on the uh, TV side, Silver State Sports and Entertainment Network. John is going to have to miss... A Halloween party or some kind of party or some no, kind of a get-together. Got a, a VEASAN listener comes into town once a year and gets a cabana out at Circa and, you know, open bar and drinks and frivolity and fun. And yet our listeners make you happier. Oh, yeah, John. Shout out to John, who was really awkward interaction because I didn't recognize John. John was a, uh, was a listener who listens all the time, and I've actually struck up a friendship with on social media, but I'd never met him in person before. And so, John, yeah, so John came through, but... He didn't necessarily introduce himself. He just he just gave, he just you gave a me bag, a bag, and I which, thought he was trying to shake my hand at first. So I kind of like grabbed his hand with the bag and started shaking it, and then I realized he was giving it to me. And then, because his name is also John, he said, "Hey, John," or he said something along the lines. All I heard was John, so I thought he was talking to me. And then it registered. I was like, "Oh no, it's John. You're John. What's up, John?" So I appreciate it. He dropped me off a bag of different candy corn, the Harvest candy corn, regular candy corn. Candy pumpkins, which are awesome. Uh, what is this? Multicolored candy corn. And then some others, like nerd candy corn. Oh, my God. How many different and kinds are there? Just some sour gummy worms. I might have Hopefully, those. Hopefully he didn't, because all of this has a theme except for this. Hopefully John wasn't on oh, buying no. this. He's like, oh, I want those for myself. <laughs> forgot him in the bag. He got them for himself, and now I'm going to eat half That's the right. bag. Your kid's like, what are they, sour gummy worms? Yeah. And I like candy corn. We had this conversation, I think, yesterday. So, all right, I'm pro candy corn and candy pumpkin. I'm assuming Demon said yik. Of course, because he's a sheep. Well, they're not good. So you don't no, have to be a sheep. What, they're not good. That's what Big Candy wants you to think. Why would Big Candy be involved in trying to take down candy corn? Because Brox is not Big Candy. It's a little guy that's getting in on the process. Are you sure? Oh yeah. Name me a candy that Brox makes outside of candy corn. I'm not a candy expert. Exactly. You can't. How are those candy corn as you're, no, chewing, great. as you're chewing? Just watching your Rangers roll and eating candy corn. Uh, they're not rolling. It's a two-run game. Lead-off hitter on. So, you know, you don't really like the stoppage, you know? Not good for the vibes. Why, didn't you, bet, why didn't you bet the Astros as a little bit of insurance at whatever it was? Let it ride, baby. Did I you bet, look? I bet no, the, I, meant in, I meant in game, last inning. You said it was minus 6,500. Oh, it was like, yeah, it was minus 6,500 for the uh, – What were we getting back? Like about 20 to 1 or something like that, 22 or something like that, yeah. <laughs> two-run game. Nah. No why, didn't, why didn't I do it? Let it run, baby. I wasn't paying attention. Rangers are taking this thing home. I've believed since May, Steve. Come on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on the girdle here, okay? And this is... Whoa. I don't want to do it. I just... I, do people, it. People get too sensitive. This is a joke. I can just, we are a, a good way to We are a highly successful... Not this part. No, hold on. We are a highly successful... Profitable radio group. Profitable? Our sports stations kick ass. 
I mean, I would think our, the profits would lead to fixed air conditioning in the studio. Our management does an awesome job. So don't take this the wrong way. If we were failing and we were a losing team, DeMond, could Barry Odom come in and make us into a winning team? I think so, Steve. I think he's got the right stuff to help us out. Okay. I, you, maybe you missed this nugget because you were away during the coaches' show, but one of the things that was also a part of the Under the Helmet with Darius Jackson was that, hey, he's getting us involved with the homecoming. You know, he's telling us, hey, go out for the homecoming festivities. And I think what we need around here in this building is a little bit more company morale. I agree. With the, I, I mean, all I do is go to bars and eat. I, I don't know why this is not a team thing. You never invite us. On, on the house. Yeah. No, I'm not. Oh, <laughs> on yeah. the company. Yeah, yeah. Those bonding moments are important. Um, so I ask that in general, right? Because I like the message that we're getting from Barry Odom. They're 5-1. and one, And I think you can win and have a good time but not be satisfied. There's a lot of people who don't want to work in an environment like that. I love it. Where you show up on Monday and it's like, hey, last week was great. It's last week. Who you- cares? This week is the most important thing. Not last week. Congrats. We got to get better. Listen to Barry Odom here on Monday. They just beat their rival. They just got two trophies with a, a pineapple and the cannon. And his press conference was awesome because everyone came in. They're like, you, you just beat the rival. Bowl game could be on the way if you get the job done. Here's Barry Odom. Uh, yesterday, I said it to our team this morning. This is nowhere close to the top of the mountain. This is the climb. We're not anywhere close where we want to be. The standard of where UNOV football needs to be on a national landscape, we should be. Uh, our goal, my vision, our vision, we need to be ranked. That's where UNOV football should be. Are we there yet? No, we're not. Should we get there? Absolutely. That's the standard and the expectation of what this program needs to be. You know, the fun part of all this process is working to get to that point. If there's recognition that comes our way, that's great. We've got to be on to the next one because uh, as hard as these guys have worked, uh, it really doesn't matter. It's what can we do this next week. And um, that, that can be one of the most rewarding things in the game of sport uh, that there is, that you get some payoff for the work that you put in throughout the week and you play really well. And then you try to do that every single week and improve from week to week. And if you can do that, then you become a complete team and you reach the opportunities that are presented to you. A very somber, Barry Odom. This is a- After a 5-1 and one start and kicking oh. the crap out of your rival. No. Uh-oh, Astros home run. There it goes. Sorry, John. Yep. 5-4? Yep. 5-4. Yep. Who is that, Leclerc? Yep. Oh, boy. Anyway. Um, all right. That's quite the message I was gonna make Barry the, Odom. I was going to make the joke that this is a big week for Barry Odom considering he's still looking for his first win, apparently, right, right, as UNOV right, head coach. Right. Damon, you're telling me that right there, that speech, that general attitude would work? No. Here, okay. <laughs> Five, not even two minutes ago, you said it would. Yeah, but I thought about it. I'll, I'll tell everybody. Think, you think know. about, think about the employees and people you work around. That would not work. It would not. Not, I'll, not. 
I don't think it would work in most workplaces. No. But it should work for me. But everyone's not the same. You can always get better. That's what I tell myself all the time. I don't know why you have to crush our souls like that. What? That would be the reaction. This guy's all sour. We had a great week last week. Who cares? It was last week. This week is a new week. Achieve. Doesn't work. And by by the way, I'm not doing kids these days. I'm talking about workplaces with majority older than me. Of course. Because, I mean, there's a, uh, and we'll give Odom credit. Because it's not just like a base, it's not just like a, a blanket like this is how you do it. There's a good balance to letting your team know, whether it's actual team right. or you know team at work, what you're doing is great, but it's also it can also be better. Allowing them to feel the joy of success yep. while also implementing you can be better. Like you're having success now, imagine how much you're going to enjoy it when you're even better. And there's a good balance to doing that. And if you're a good leader, like Odom seems to be at this point right now, yep. you can strike that balance, implement that message, and not have it wear stale. But it also depends on the people taking that message in. You've got to be able to take that and not take it as, he doesn't think I'm good enough. No, I think you're great, and I think you can be better. That's what I tell my kids every morning. Yep. Here we go, father of the year. That's what That, that whole setup was for you. Was I a good boy today, Dad? You were, but you could be better. Why do you treat your kids that way, John? <laughs> I want them to be better. You're just shattering them from a confidence standpoint. I want them to be better than me, Steve. I like that. Yep. But when I heard that, uh, that was from the Monday press conference, I'm like, I freaking love this so much, but it doesn't work for everyone. And here's the thing. In sports, if it doesn't work for you, guess what? You can leave. Actually, real jobs you can leave, too. Sure. But... And I think that was a lot of what they did in the spring and in the fall and even in the you know the offseason times. They ran this by all the players, you know, and actually they have to do stuff to kind of show that, hey, they want to be great. And they got the message to a lot of guys. Might not be the place for you. Yep. And I would think and really there's nothing I don't I don't want to see kids like pushed out, losing scholarships, but um, the, the staff has also shown that if you were a holdover and you put in the work and you had high standards and wanted to be really good, that you were going to be welcome to stay around. And there's been a bunch of guys who have revitalized their careers with the staff. And by, by the way, there's, there's been other guys who actually have kind of fallen back in the rotation because they, they just haven't played that well and maybe they haven't rebounded the way the coaches want them to. And I would think, I know that he's, we talked about the way he's reshaped this roster from a personnel standpoint. But there are obviously still guys that were on this team last year. And I would think that for a team like this, they kind of understand that message a little bit more. Yeah. Like, hey, you were 4-1 and one last year, and you didn't make it to a bowl. Okay. I think you understand the concept of just because you're doing good doesn't mean that's it. There's you can a, always be better. There's a reason that you as a group, and a lot of the guys are gone, but those who remain and who have been here for two years, there's a reason you were 1-10 in, in one-score games. Yes. And I know coaches say this all the time, but it is a lot of the little things. I think Arroyo used to say about something about the margins. Yeah. Somewhere in the margins. He couldn't get them to turn the corner? This staff has. They haven't been in a one-score game, one game yet, have they? They may have lengthened out a one-score game, which was not in the end was not a one-score game. 
They've had a couple where the, the team was within distance right. in the fourth quarter, but it didn't end. Oh, it, you, Vanderbilt. The Vanny was, yeah, yes, Vandy Vandy was tight. Right? And that's. Yes. I mean, and that was, that was luck. You lose that game if the Vandy kicker doesn't miss. Right. Yeah, I wonder where that lady's at now, by the way. Oh, uh, the, uh, the, the mom of the safety who got, who, got, who got the pick on my late to set up the winning field goal, which turned out to be a miss. That's right. So I don't know why you were so mad at her. She's just just a doting mom who's very proud of her son getting a I pick. still don't believe her son was on the team. Um, no, so, like, that is that is the interesting part is it hasn't been tested in that regard outside of, you know, the Vandy win where you got a little bit of fortune go your way. But either way, it is something to consistently press this message on a team that is winning consistently by the margins that they are and for them to take it in and, and actually exercise it, implement it. That's better. All right, so what do you think they do tomorrow? I think it's going to be a dangerous spot. Only in that, like, they deserve to be favored. They're at home. They're a good team. Colorado State defensively has not been very good, and their offense has been very inconsistent. That's why you need, what was it, 21 straight points to end up beating Boise. And I think that, I know, actually, no, I know that they are better coached than Boise State so that they won't allow something like that to happen. Wait, what does that mean? I don't think Andy Avalos is a very good coach. Why? I think we've seen it from this team. They're a little undisciplined. I think you saw them blow that lead. Wow. I think it's something that's been in the works for a little bit now. Interesting. Yeah. I <laughs> think You and I have discussed this quite a bit. I think you kind of saw the signs of the downfall for Boise State coming, and it took a, a high-level offensive assistant to save their bacon last year, and now that he's not there, it's kind of falling apart. Yep. And it looks like upheaval. Yes. Because there is no clear idea what the hell's going on at quarterback for Boise. Yep. Listen, not everyone is right for every job. Mm-hmm. And Boise – while the community has really backed up that program, and, and you do need support from the top down and community support, sometimes you hire coaches who are just not good, kind of mid-level coaches or maybe not ready for the job. So I digress. We'll see, we'll see what the long-range yeah. the long range story is for Avalos. But, uh, and I, you know what? We could, we could come in here Monday and talk about some three-score lead that UNLV blew. Sure. Because it happens. But there is a different feel around this team. And I, I do think a lot of it is the constant reminder that you know, you're doing what you're supposed to do. Like, basically, Odom's like, I expected to be here. Now, they've, they've beaten some, you know, and they, it's the way they've beaten people, you know. They've beaten some lesser opponents pretty handily, too. Well, and I mean, I would say, yes, they're lesser opponents now that we look at them, but these are opponents that in years past were, like, on their same level. And to go out there and handle them the way that you have this year is a very big deal. So I'll put it this way. I do expect them to win. But I think, as I mentioned, right, where we're like, hey, have they been in a one-score game yet? I think this is going to be one that tests them. This is going to be, like, the betting market has this as a seven-point spread. I don't think it should be that high. I think this is going to be a game that is going to come down to, to use a former coach's term, to the margins. How are you going to win at the margins? Are you going to make more mistakes? Are you going to allow them to stick around? All those sort of things. I think that's what's going to come down to tomorrow. And if you're a Rebel opponent, you have to have the confidence that you'll be able to move the ball in different ways when you don't hit on deep shots. But you have to take deep shots, like 10. Yes. 10's not too much because Brendan Lewis and the Wolfpack are not a great passing team. He's not a great passing quarterback. And even they were like, wow, okay, we're going to take our shots. And this kid can throw it for Colorado State. It's a little 100, you know, 1,000 miles an hour in close spaces, but he can throw it. And he will. And Horton. That's what I'm more is Horton, interested in. Is Horton the best receiver they faced all year, even beyond what Michigan has? Oh, I think so. In terms he, of just individual talent? He's an NFL player. He seems like and he it. was awesome when he was at Reno, and he's awesome now. And he had a 
my God, he had a bad drop. It worked out. Mm-hmm. He had a really bad drop when they were trying to get back in the game, and it looked like it was like the confidence, the final you know, nail in the coffin, confidence out the window when he dropped it, but he is awesome. To be, to be quite honest, that's what I'm most excited to watch in the secondary is just how they handle Horton, what they're going to do with him, how he matches up with some of these corners. That has been, I think, the weak point for this team is the secondary and what you're doing in that regard. So I can't wait to see how they're going to handle that and what Horton's going to do for them because that's the one thing that you're looking at here. And he's not necessarily like a deep burner guy, so but it's, it's just how Colorado State wants to implement him and how UNLV decides to take away a team's best weapon that is a wide receiver. Devon? I've got how are you, you. How are you feeling about the game? I'm feeling confident. Feeling good about the game. I'm feeling confident as if I'm going to be playing. But, no, I think that UNLV is going to win. I do think that it's going to be a bigger atmosphere. I think that homecoming with the momentum of the team being 5-1, and one, the community is going to come out and support this team. And Colorado State, I think that they had that good moment with Colorado where people were like, hey, could Jay Norvell have this team, you know, humming? Or is this team better than we thought? They're not that good. So I don't want. I, but they I, were. But but they were. Good. But but they were late, and it took a hail mary. But they were good late against Boise. They were good late against Boise. They should have beat Colorado. It's a it's a solid team. That's another thing to watch for. Penalties on both sides. Man, the Rebels have gotten loose at times. Yeah. And I don't know what it is with the motion, with the illegal motion. Again, it can't be the cadence anymore. Miami's been playing for yeah, a while, like, so yeah. everyone on that offensive line is used to his voice. And you're at home now, too, so it's not going to be a lack of, you know, I can't hear him. Nope. Like, this should be something where you, you should have that buttoned up. And I'll say this, too, and adding to the conversation about on the margins, and again, go back to coaching and how you've been performing and whatnot, Norvell at times, and I specifically go back to the Colorado game, has made questionable decisions that has, put, that have not, has not put his team in the best position to win games. Not going for it on a fourth down in that game against Colorado that could have ended it. Not going for two in overtime that could have won the game for them. So I wonder when those decisions pop up in this game, who is going to have the better of it. All right, Damon, you're up. Raiders, you said the choice is simple, AOC or Hoyer. As it turns out, it looks like it's Hoyer. Why, why do you think the choice is simple? Um, as when Big Roos, I quote tweeted, and I said, do you all want to win or not? Brian Hoyer, when he was called upon, got the team a win. Aiden O'Connell, hey, hey. a loss. I know that Jay We don't, we don't throw him back, right, DeMond? We don't throw him back. We don't throw fish back. We don't throw fish back over here, okay? And I know that you can say, well, that's just results-based thinking. But for a team that wants to win, that has a star player, that it seems like every week is growing more and more discontent even though they win, wins are what matter. And I don't care about AOC, his development, how high his ceiling could be. He was a quarterback drafted in the fourth round. Let's stop acting like they've got Anthony Richardson sitting on the bench and all he needs is a chance to shine. So if Brian Hoyer is going to be better from what we saw from him, I'll, the perfect example, that throw to, th- to Trey Tucker, I don't think AOC's making that pass. Brian Hoyer did. For a chance to win the game, give me the veteran that's got the low ceiling. Um, my memory's not what it used to be. Did Aiden O'Connell have a possession like goal to go to potentially beat the Chargers? Am I misremembering this? It was a weird game. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Like, look, it's so weird how, like, the collective, we swing. Oh, of course. In terms of the narrative. Yep. Coming out of the preseason, he was Tom Brady. And after one game in which he put the team in position to win, now it's like, now nah, our best chance is Brian Hoyer. Don't like, ever play him again. Right? I don't care about his development. 
don't play him again. Devon, you were you were defending his honor after the preseason. But then I saw what he did in the regular season. He Too almost won sacks. the game. Oh, but he took six sacks. So every single one of those sacks was on him and not the offensive mm. line? Uh, according to the uh, DQC, that's DeMond. Yeah. Uh, that's DeMond Quintress. DeMond, went, DeMond went through the, the – DCQ? All, he went through the, the all 22 and made a good case that they were mostly AOC's fault. Oh, okay. He's holding the ball on too long. He, maybe he, he's not ready. The lights are too bright for him. Maybe he's just not ready yet. Illuminar wasn't great in that game, as DeMond pointed out. but uh, He never is. I just can't wait to talk about this game when they lose to the Bears. They're going to lose to who? Tyson Bagent. Bagent? From where? Some I don't even remember. D2 something? The Shire's better. Uh, yeah, the Shire. It's a Hobbit reference. He landed. He got recruited by Colorado School of Mines. I know he played Robert there. Morris and Albany, but committed to play at Division II Shepherd. There we go. I know he started with an S. Looked pretty good against the uh, the Vikings in limited action. Did throw a pretty bad pick though. Question for the Bears personnel department: How do you not have a forty-five million dollar starting quarterback? And still have this guy as your backup. You get my point? Yeah. Like, with a lot of the, the $40 million guys, the backup, you're like, what the hell's going on here? We have no money. Justin Fields, you have no money? With a running quarterback, you don't have a backup? I mean, Bajent does have some athleticism to him, so maybe they just thought we want to keep a similar game plan, so let's keep the young athletic guy. All right. I, I mean, again, I'm speculating. After watching him play, I think it was 13 total dropbacks <laughs> against Vikings. You know it all. <laughs> right. He'll be a different guy with a full week to prepare. I mean, I don't know if he'll be different. You'd think he'd be more comfortable. And I'll say this. I keep hearing about how this Raiders defense is legitimate. They've played absolutely nobody except for the one team that was one of the best offenses in the NFL, and they dropped 38 on them and got blown out. Well, Raiders just blew it. 5-4 yeah. final. Astros win. Verlander comes out. He's all fired up. Uh, giveaway time. We've got tickets to see Jeff Dunham at Planet Hollywood at the Bach Theater. You can get your tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Uh, the show is on the 22nd, so we're talking right around the corner like like, like it's here. Uh, 364-1100, 364-1100. Two tickets to go see comedian Jeff Dunham and his still-not-canceled tour. Hang in at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. On the way back. You hear former Arkansas defense coordinator, who's now the head coach of UNLV, Barry Odom. Let's get into the Bears a little bit. We were asking an honest question earlier, John, about the quarterback situation for the Bears. And Dan Hampton, of course, played for the team, part of the greatest defense in the history of the NFL, the 85 Bears, and has been doing media work for a long time now. How are you, sir? Doing just fine, and I hope you guys are having a wonderful evening out in Las Vegas. Well, we appreciate you coming on uh, this late in the evening. We always have a good time here in Vegas. I got, I got to ask you, an honor, I got to be honest here. I've been doing this for 30-plus years. I don't think in the middle of the season I've had a guest on where I'm like, can you please tell me about the starting quarterback for an NFL team? Who is this guy for the Bears? <laughs> Guys, you know, obviously everyone, you know, was expecting this to be Justin Fields, either make or break coming out season. Uh, it was kind of up and down, and unfortunately he hurt his thumb, and now a young man that will start Sunday for the Bears will, will be 
the first free agent uh, quarterback starting for the Bears since, uh, I think, 2012. A guy named Henry Burris, a long time ago. So this doesn't happen very often. And uh, quite honestly, I, I, you know, I, I'm impressed with him. And okay. I, I got to beat on a lot of quarterbacks. I've watched a lot of them over the last 25, 30 years. And I, I kind of think this is, uh, this is going to be very interesting. He, uh, he kind of came out of nowhere in training camp. His name is Tyson Bajan. He won the Harlan Hill Award in 2021, which is given to the small college player of the year, the Heisman of uh, you know small college football. But all that being said, he didn't look like the, the stage was too big for him last week. It, he just didn't get enough help from his uh, teammates. Uh, a couple of missed blocks, and it forced a couple of turnovers, but... Uh, it will be, it will be, uh, 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 yeah, I, I don't want to say must-see TV, but it's going to be something special, I think. So when you say you're impressed with him, what have you seen? What have the Bears seen? Because Steve and I were just discussing this. Why go in this direction? Why put an unknown commodity as your primary backup? Well, okay, so it was P.J. Walker. We saw him last week in where, Cleveland, throw two interceptions. Yep. He was the backup going into the season, and the Bears uh, made a decision. We don't need any more of that. Uh, <laughs> here, here's the, uh, I guess, the whole thing in a nutshell. This kid has earned the, the opportunity. And when you watch him play, he does what a lot of kids can't do anymore. He makes decisions. He reads defenses, and he says, boom, I know where to go with the ball, and he gets rid of it. Unfortunately, we've had quarterbacks over the last few years. They hang on to it. Guess what? You get sacked, and now you're in third and 14. So uh, the, the, his one true great asset is he's, uh, he has excellent preparation. He has you know, a real good knack for reading defenses, and he has a quick release. All three of those things could, you know, uh, caused some problems for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. So you mentioned the offensive line. That's what stuck out to me when I watched them. Uh, what do you think about this offensive line when they match up with a front that has a guy like Max Crosby in it in the Raiders this weekend? Boy, it's not going to be pretty. Guys, you know, let's be real. If you have one uh, starter out that's big, two, boy, that's awful. I think we're going to have five completely different starters this week. I know it sounds crazy, but Darnell Wright, the rookie right tackle, has missed most of the practice this week. If he doesn't play, then essentially we'll have five, you know, starters uh, different from what they were just, you know, five weeks ago when the season started. So it's it it, it you never know. Uh, I, I know that the coaches are looking for the right combination. I don't know if this is going to be it, but it looks like. We're going to see a bunch of new faces come Sunday. It's Cofield and company getting ready for uh, the Raiders on the road against the Bears. Dan Hampton, who, of course, played for the Bears and does work with WGN, was with Pro Football Weekly for a long time, is on the horn with us. So, listen, you, you played for the organization. You've been covering them forever. What's, what's your vibe right now about where this organization is going here and what they can accomplish the rest of the season in terms of at least some positive steps moving forward? Boy, hey, beats me. I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you. Everybody had high hopes, but unfortunately, in the opening game against the Green Bay Packers, we were out coached and outplayed. And 
what is it? What does it look like? It would look like a team that was unprepared. The same thing in the second week. We went down and lost to Tampa. Third week, we go to Kansas City. They embarrass us. Uh, us. And then we come home. We have a pretty good game against Denver. We, we lose in the last minute of the game. And then we find a way to go on Thursday night TV and beat the Washington Commanders when they look disinterested. So this, this season has been just a box of chocolates. Who knows what we're going to get on Sunday. Where are you on Eberflus? Do you like him, or have you seen enough? You know, it's not like. I like the guy as a person, but, I, again, he's in charge of preparing the team. I told you, uh, we're one in five, and five out of the six times, we were not prepared. And that's unfortunate, but at the end of the day, it lands on his desk, and he has to be the one that says, I, you know, I'm, I'm the one that has to pull – pull the, the, you know, the chains and push the buttons and make this team, you know, competent. And we haven't been. So it doesn't look good. He, he's got, you know, he's got to win six out of the next, next 11 to stick around in my mind. And then from there, if, if he is gone, what sort of coach do you want to be leading the Bears? So much is up in the air, but, you know, there's a guy named Caleb Williams everybody's squawking about. His little coach has done a pretty good job of getting offenses ready to go. And the rules of the NFL today tell you it's about offense. You have to understand offense. And the Bears, we've been behind the eight ball for, the, you know, 100 years. We, we just struggle on offense. I think it would be great if we were to, you know, make a, a bold stride and go offense, you know, offensively minded with a coach and be able to nab a player like Caleb Williams, which a lot of people say is maybe the best recruit our best draft pick out of the last 10 years at quarterback so hey a lot of we're going to find out a lot in the next three months a lot of things are going to happen does the organization need money to help turn things around in terms of drawing better talent uh in personnel and at the head coach and the reason i ask this is i'm i'm still kind of curious about the whole stadium situation and and uh you know obviously all organizations want to make the most money they can but um is it? It's not a cash poor organization, right? I mean, is a new stadium going to change everything for them? Guys, the reason the Dallas Cowboys are the most expensive sports enterprise going today is because they own that stadium. Okay. The Bears rent the, the uh, Soldier Field from the city, so they don't have the equity. It's just like renting a house your whole life. It's not been smart. They need to make a, you know, a stride in that direction. But you know, the owner of the Bears. Virginia McCaskey is 99 years old. How when she when she passes away, a lot of things are going to hit the fan, and that they may have to sell the club. Oh wow! So many things are up in the air here in Chicago. It's it's out of control. But I will tell you this: No, they had the most cap room of any team in football going into this season, and they haven't spent it all. So it's like they're trying to be very judicious, but unfortunately, a lot of their decisions are not working out. Dan Hampton's with us. Let's close on this. Um, first of all, are you a Vegas guy? Did you uh, frequent Vegas, and uh, are you are you shocked that there's an NFL team here now? Yes, I am. Oh, yeah. uh, but, you know, I mean, I remember we used to have the FBI come in and try to read the riot actors and scare the devil out of us about gambling and all that stuff. And yeah. now they got a team in Vegas. It's just, hey, who knows what's going to happen next. 
Dan, we appreciate it. Enjoy the game this weekend. We'll see uh, how the Bears perform, and uh, I certainly I give them a shot against the Raiders. I, you know, obviously the Raiders are in the same situation, just with an old guy as the uh, backup quarterback who's going to have to play in Hoyer. Yep, and and I, I wouldn't be shocked to see AOC come in. That kid did some good things down at Purdue. Thank you, sir. We appreciate it. Have a great night. Go Bears. There he is, Dan Hampton, who was part of oh eh, the greatest defense in the history of football. 85 Bears were we ridiculous. We have to dump that at the end? What did he say? He said, go Bears. Dump it. We're Vegas. ESPN Las Vegas, not Raider Nation Radio uh, 920. Come on, did you dump it? No, that can fly on this station. Here's the question. Would it have been dumped on R&R? Maybe there would have been some contention. <laughs> I'm not that quick at the draw anyways. It's not a good situation. Chicago? Yeah. Which is, no. it's, it's, well, first of all, what he said is a billion percent correct about offense. How can an organization ever, right? Ever. I mean, we're talking like 70. I mean, I know the organization's older than this, but you can go back 60 years and they've had blips offensively where they were decent. I don't know why. I, I'm assuming. I think civilization is probably going to fall apart before the next 20 years. But if we don't, in the next 20 years, there's going to be a time in the National Football League where every coach has an offensive background. It just has to be that way. With the way that the game is called, the rules, everything. I mean, I know he mentioned Lincoln Riley. The name for me, and I, mean, I think for a lot of people as well, the Lions offense coordinator Ben Johnson is going to get a job next year, whether it's with Chicago or some of these other teams that have an opening. But I don't know why you would hire a defensive-minded coach because they just – they also seem to be behind the eight ball when it comes to forward thinking and analytics because offense is more ingenuitive, right? You got to think ahead, you got to develop, you got to evolve. Hasn't been the case for defense at all. And it's pretty strong for a guy affiliated with the team to come in and say multiple times that Eberflus does not have this team ready to go. Well, that's why I asked him, are you, yep. are you done? Seems like. And usually former players will give coaches a break, but it's like it just nothing's happening. When you respond with, I like him as a person. Yeah. <laughs> you know we're going down a bad path for Eberflus at that point. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. All right, John, let's close it out. Getting everyone ready for the weekend. Von Tobel, Cofield, down here at TI. Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. Magnum and Lindsay back tomorrow, 9 to 11, getting you ready for the day in college football and the Raiders and everything else going on this weekend. They do have a breakfast menu. So they do have the breakfast menu. That is back. So take advantage of that and then more giveaways. Maybe the last few uh, opportunities to go to the Colorado State UNLV game over at Allegiant, which is a 4 o'clock kickoff. I'm going to let you have the floor on this one because it is multi-layered, and if I start talking about it, I'm going to get real annoyed and mad, and I know you are already. I'll just mention the Aces are having their parade on Monday. Congrats to Mark Davis's squad. They got it done. They defended their title. They won in back-to-back years. I thought Kelsey Plum said some pretty interesting things, accurate, that, hey, they've been through this storm and in forming a super team, and that's what – the aces are you know it took a little bit of seasoning to get there and she said basically the liberty are not the team that we are 
Nothing wrong with her saying that. That's what she said. And for Jonquel Jones to say that wasn't classy, I don't know what's going on in the WNBA, but as Kobe would, would, I guess, mouth, soft. Right. Soft. Come on now. Come on now. We already And, and by the way, then the Liberty don't show up for the uh, post-game media session. Yep. Uh, on the heels of, what, two years ago, uh, knucklehead down in Phoenix, who's regarded as one of the great all-time players, uh, she didn't show up and, like, busted a hole in a door. Punched the door, yep. What are we doing here? So, like you said, layers is a good way to put this because there's a lot that transpired from their win the other night. And we wanted to give them the day yesterday because they had won. But there's a lot of different conversations we can have about what happened over the last 48 hours. The, lo- the, the, the easy stuff is what you're referring to. So after the game, Kelsey Plum is quoted. Her quote, I think we knew we hadn't played our best basketball. We also knew that as much as they're a team, they're not a team, if that makes sense. They're really good individual players, but they don't care about each other, and you can tell in those moments they revert back to individual basketball. Two things here. I agree with you. Makes sense to me. With the Liberty, it's like, get over it, all right? It's not that bad. She's not calling you guys. Like, she's not going underhanded or anything like that. Stepping on people when they're down. Yeah, she's making a comment that you're not as good as them. Right. My God, can we compete here and have some honest conversation about, you know, how one team is better than the other? There's nothing wrong with the quote. Having said that, for Kelsey Plum to then come out today and say, typical media taking my comment out of context, no. You said it. So don't say it's a big, bad media. It is a quote. Stick, you are one of the more outspoken WNBA players. You are, I would argue, one of the faces of the league, forward-facing league. If you talk about the WNBA, there's a few players that you think of. I think Kelsey Plum is one of them. Maybe I'm jaded because we're out here in Las Vegas and I see more of her, but I think that's the case. You said it. Stick by it. But what's been kind of fascinating about this as we kind of move forward into all of this has been, like sticking with Plum, for example, one of the other things that we saw her come out with, which I think the WNBA benefits at times from not being as heavily covered as much as they want to be, because what got forward, what everybody was talking about was Kelsey Plum and how much she talked about how much she loved Las Vegas and all of these things. What wasn't talked about yesterday was her, her quote tweet about the adversity they went through from Kelsey Plum. Hurt, arrested, sued, champions. What she's referring to is the um, the Erica Hamby case, right, that's up again, that was uh, filed, what, in October, in terms of the um, gender vi- discrimination. Yep. Workplace violations in terms of the way they were treating a woman. And one of her teammates, who has a history of domestic violence, being arrested for domestic violence yet again. How is, how is that the adversity that you want to cite, that you've won a championship with? Hey, if you, if this, you triumph, you triumph. This isn't, and like the thing that's the, the thing that's mind-boggling to me is it's twofold, and, I, and it may, maybe I'm overstepping. You can tell me this. I will invoke Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges is a piece of garbage that shouldn't play in the NBA again. Could you imagine? If LaMelo Ball were to come out and be like, you know, we're really facing some tough adversity. Our guy's getting arrested, but we're going to fight through this. He should and would get crucified for ridiculous language like that. Your teammate's a piece of garbage. It's not adversity. So for this to happen, and just because charges were dropped because the victim in this case is not participating in the investigation, and so they had no choice but to drop it, 
you're citing that as the adversity? And I just, it's such a weird angle for me, Steve, for them to take coming out of a championship like this. Yep. Like, Becky Hammond, I don't, do we have this? I don't know if we have this or not, Damon. In terms of Hammond afterwards, in the press conference after, like, she's talking again about like this, hey, man, we were the darlings, but you guys turned on us. I think we ended the year 42-7. and seven. Period. We had our... 42 games? Are we 49. the NBA? 49, girl. 49? What the fuck? What am I doing still playing? <laughs> you get a long rest now. You get a long rest. We changed seasons. Uh, yeah, we did. But, um... I got a this, this, this one's... This one's sweeter. Um, it just is. It's harder to do. Um, we went from darling to villain. Real quick, we had our names, our good names, slandered. And all these women did was lock in together. And you ask why I'm so confident? It's because I know exactly who's in that locker room. I know exactly who I'm going to war with every day. Um, this is the tightest, this is one of the, probably the tightest group I've ever been around. And um, they're a special group. I, I, I don't know... I don't know what else you can throw at him. I don't know what else you can right. throw That's at him. Yeah, like, right. So essentially, just come up. De'Erica Hamby is a scumbag, and the victim of the domestic violence is lying. <laughs> right. I, I just, it's so weird. And By the way, those are not my words. Correct. I, but I, that's the feeling you get from this, like, as if they've been, they're the victim. I, this is not, I'll just say, this is not a good representation of Las Vegas. We've had issues before, so... I don't know. It and, I, and I'll say the other thing is, I think you need to have, before you throw out just the media in general, taking something out of context, one, you should point out the outlets that you feel have done you wrong. It's not all the media, because most of the media doesn't cover you, not to be harsh. Um, and here's the other thing. I think you're playing a dangerous game, because being in the media, I know one of the last things in newsrooms and from program directors that is on the list to cover is the WNBA. Yes. So we should have a good working relationship, not this silliness. And, and so I asked, I asked my, my wife about this, too, because the thing that really stuck out to me was, was Plum's whole arrested thing. And I just, aren't you supposed to be, when I say team member, of, like, of your gender, right? Like, domestic violence is a serious problem, and we see it all the time, and especially when it comes to athletes getting special treatment for committing domestic violence. I'm, I'm amazed. Well, maybe, you know, maybe there's a whole story here. This is an absolutely false accusation. But Okay, maybe. But I, I might wait until all the facts come out, or I would just speak freely before all the facts come out and, and actually use my facts to back up, you know, just throwing out arrested like you're a victim. Well, here's okay, well, then here's a fact. The person you're sticking up for in this case has already served a suspension in the past for domestic violence. I, and like it's that's a weird deal, man. It's so that's that's essentially you know what that's the word I thought. It was just so weird. Like you want to come out here and lecture him about it? Like I guess, but it's just such a weird way to handle. You're winning your second championship when the league is growing. You're getting more eyes on your games. One of the things that I had been bringing up in this week that when you go, when you weren't here, Steve was actually complaining about the WNBA and their scheduling. Like you should put this more forward facing. You should put this on days, not in the middle of an NFL Sunday where people want to watch. Like your league is on the upper trajectory, and to do this, 
in the moment where you actually get most eyes on you, I think it's just a really weird thing to do. Yeah. Eh, maybe maybe this is why they've been so good the last couple of years because they feel like it is them against the world. By the way, you know what I thought? And that's their motivation. I thought Liz Cambage makes more sense as a Las Vegas ace now. Mm. <laughs> it just it does. Damon, on the, uh, the sport where the guys and women actually have to show up after unless they're seriously injured and speak to the media, and you know, in spite of the fact that they go through grueling, heartbreaking experiences sometimes, um, who's going to win the, the uh, two big fights this weekend? I'm going Volkanovski and Hamzat. All right. John, you going to watch? Is yeah, time? I think so. Yeah. All right. We're back tomorrow. <laughs> hey, yeah, 9 the music's playing. I don't know what you want yet. We're back tomorrow, 9 a.m., live here at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. Parking is free. They'll have giveaways uh, on tomorrow's show with Magnum and Lindsay, And, of course, UNLV football coverage starts at 3 o'clock on ESPN Las Vegas and Raider Nation Radio and Comp 92.3 is the place to tune in on Sunday for the Bears against the Raiders looking to go to 4-3. and three.